Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. This is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 19, we discuss engaging the senses in worship, and we talk to Joey Schumann and Jeremy Maddock about their Eden Song services. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, Drew. Nice and busy, but busy's good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Getting ready for the Easter season and Holy Week and all that. And we talked to Joey Schumann and Jeremy Maddock this week about their Evensong series. And one of the things they brought up was this idea of trying to engage the senses. And we'll hear a little bit more about that later. But I was thinking about that in relation to like, you know, Good Friday services and Easter, often like with a tenebrae service on Good Friday, you'll do a lot of things with engaging the senses, whether it's the lighting or using extra sounds like slamming a Bible, or sometimes I've heard like a a thunder crash and things like that. And you do similar things on maybe Christmas Eve with like a candlelight service, things like that. But it's kind of limited to that a lot, it feels like. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting to think that, you know, we always try to have, especially when it's a very special service, like if you do a Good Friday Tenebrae, the, the lighting is down. There's the strepitus, you know, the, the loud noise happening to symbolize the closing of the tomb. And I remember growing up, uh, I was excited to be a part of that when I was, you know, in high school and I actually got to make the the sound and whatnot. But it, it did get me thinking when we were talking with with the guys this week. Why do we limit ourselves sometimes? I feel like that's a that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Can we engage the senses more? Is this something that we should consider doing? Or are there potential drawbacks for it? Yeah, and I think certainly you want to avoid being, you know, sort of gimmicky with it or something like that. But I think if you go about it in kind of a very intentional sort of way that you're not simply doing it for the sake of doing it, but how can you best engage your audience? And it's not about just flashy catching your attention sort of things, but more about drawing people in deeper, making them think, you know, why, why are these sounds happening? Why is the lighting like this? Why is this maybe just a little bit different than what I see other places or even just last week? Because it's certainly not something you need to do all the time, but I, I think when used judiciously and in a very intentional sort of way, I can think it can be very powerful. Yeah, and I think that's something that's going to be really interesting for our listeners now as we get into this interview. Take a good listen, because this is a special series or season of worship services that they only do for a limited period of time. It's nice to have something different. Let's take a listen. Today, we're excited to welcome our good friends, Joey Schumann and Jeremy Maddock to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, good to be here. Uh, for our listeners, could you guys give a little bit of information about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm, I'm Joey Schumann. I, um, I go to Emmanuel Lutheran Church. That's where the service has been happening, Evensong. Uh, my day job is actually not in the church. I'm a general practice doc by day. Another one of my hobbies is leading a, a kind of a Celtic Christian music band called the Lutheran Cayley Orchestra. But a couple years ago, I came on to staff at Emmanuel kind of with the goal all along of helping design an alternate worship service, uh, which I guess we'll talk about later. But so I, I, I kind of dedicate one day a week during the prime season to kind of designing that. That's me. It's good. I'm, uh, I'm Jeremy Maddock. I'm one of the pastors at Emmanuel. I've 
I haven't even been here a year yet. Mm-hmm. It's been almost almost a year. My official title is the Christian Life Pastor. It's kind of a it's kind of a free for all for what for what I want to do. It's um, yeah. it was um, they came in calling. There was a, there was a need to help individuals and families see Jesus a little bit more clearly in their daily lives and help them get in the habits to do that. And not much of a game plan for how we would do it. Just come in, dream big, and let's uh, let's see where the Lord leads. And that's kind of what we've been doing since since I arrived. And one of the tasks has been working with Joey on uh, some of our music and worship stuff. And and I got to I got to take along an even song and <laughs> yeah, you go along. Yeah. it's been uh, right. it's been a pretty cool collaboration at least this first year. Cool. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with Evensong, can you give us a little bit of the history and what what exactly is Evensong? Yeah, it started years ago, I guess before Jeremy was here. So I guess I'll take the the question on the the origin of it. Emmanuel has been really blessed in the last oh, five, ten years. Our growth has been really good. This this side of our town is just really growing. So so as our membership, we've had good kind of in, in many ways, forward-thinking leadership, at least in terms of worship design. And um, probably about five years ago, I sat down with, I think it was Dave Scharf here at the time. And we're just thinking, like, how what what can we come up with to give a church offering to people whose favorite church is maybe not the Sunday morning formula, you know? That means, like, totally deconstructing the liturgical form and just thinking, what does the modern Christian need in corporate worship to get closer to God? And the idea of the name of Evensong kind of came from, I was going to school, I did some years of uh, college in in England, and there was a cathedral in the middle of the town I was going to, and they had an Evensong service there, an Anglican service, which was really kind of heavy music-based. And I used to go and just sit in there at night. And just the experience of it in in a wide immense space and this ambient kind of music um, that alone was just a really charged spiritual uh, experience that came to mind when we were kind of planning, you know, what would, what would this alternate service look, look like? So, and since my job is primarily music, it just fit that we would call it even song. I think this is maybe like the fifth year now we've been doing it. Our church has been really gracious from the get-go of just letting us try new things. And that's kind of what we have been doing. We run it January through February. The whole idea is just trying stuff, liturgical or whatever stuff, uh, and just seeing how people react to it. If it gets them closer to Jesus, great. We move forward with it. If it doesn't, we scrap that and move on. And, uh, you know, this year Jeremy came on board, so I guess I'll turn it over to you and you know, see what you think. Yeah. Um, I'm just one, one other detail about the service itself is, so we have three, three days of the week on which we're having worship services at Emmanuel Thursday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning services. And the even song has been primarily in those evening services, the Thursday night and the Saturday yeah. night. Uh, this year, the first week we did the even song service Thursday, Saturday, and then also on the Sunday morning to give the regular Sunday morning attenders a taste of what even song is, although the um, because the service is meant so much to engage the senses to a, a very meditative, quiet worship, quiet worship space in a way that that engages a lot of the senses. The it works, it, it seems to work well at night. Yeah, where you can do more with the lighting, 
really set the mood, set the tone, make it a, a worshipful atmosphere in a way that, that just vi- is visually engaging. It was it was still very well received on the Sunday morning that we did, but but for the most part, it's it's been in the evening, which which is why it works well in winter and middle, you know, in Wisconsin because it gets dark at like four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was sort of born out of necessity too because our Sunday mornings have been getting so cramped. I mean, we're just almost uncomfortably full on two services on Sundays. So that was the that was part of the initial brainstorming too, like let's come up with something that'll maybe draw people <laughs> a little off of Sunday and make Sunday more easy and welcoming. And then um, it's just a great opportunity to try something new, you know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Joey talked about the liturgical form and kind of, I forget how you said it, but something like breaking it down and kind of starting, starting from scratch. It, yeah. yeah. You could still call it liturgical. Oh yeah. Just in the responses that we write the the confessions that we write intertwining it with the music and the the anthem lyrics very very intentionally so that there's great flow from beginning to end of the service so that everything everything is connected in a in a very very clear way but just in a in a new in a new way that that engages engages those who are coming and and for the most part the response has been overwhelmingly positive since it falls on a Wednesday night <coughs> uh, Thursday night sorry kind of the middle of the work week, our, our kind of theme with it is just re centering on grace in the middle of the week. So all the elements of the service are really kind of just pointing people to God's grace right in the middle, like the furthest point of the week from Sunday, you know, just to get them reoriented. And so it is liturgical in that sense. Yeah, there are the parts, confession, mm-hmm. absolution, you know, the, the hymn responses, the scripture readings and so on and prayers and yeah. Joey, I was talking to you a little bit about this a couple weeks ago, and you mentioned that maybe it wasn't quite a full-on relaunch, but that you've kind of revamped it a little recently. Maybe that was with the arrival of Jeremy. Um, mm-hmm. Could you go into how how the two of you have worked together on this in the lat and how your collaboration works? Well, just I guess in a concrete way, we meet on Monday before that week. You know, the Monday of that week, and and uh, we just kind of start from scratch and just Jeremy has the his basic sermon theme or series theme picked scripture readings I don't know do you even have those technically solidified before we meet not totally nailed down not totally just, nailed just down kind of see where it goes so we talk about theme <laughs> yeah I don't know it's really nebulous and it's just I guess it speaks to our friendship and uh whatnot but we just start talking about a theme and we'll brainstorm on music kind of off of the theme that's maybe kind of one of the early steps mm-hmm. and um, one of the resources that we have found or that I've found for doing that if you're looking at kind of newer contemporary music there's a website called worship tracks that I actually learned from um, uh, favorite is it John favorite? Jeremy favorite? John, the guy favorite. Over, John, John over at the core yeah which is in town here um, they they sell backtracks for bands to use during worship But their website, just by nature of what it is, is a great way to like search for themes on contemporary Christian music. So you just type in like discipleship or something and it'll bring up, search all their database for themes on songs on that theme. So that's that's kind of how I where I look for music. And then we just listen to stuff together and uh, see what kind of inspires us when we get like a couple main songs picked out that kind of guides how the 
confession and absolutions are kind of written then kind of going off of the verses so that there's always, like Jeremy said, this kind of flow that goes just right with the song, even if possible, you know? Yeah. So the, the, the specific words of the, of, you know, what the minister would say or the worship leader would say and what the congregation would say would change from week to week, depending on what song we're using, depending on what the theme is, but just really trying to marry all those things together with as much harmony as possible. Um, so that, so that there's really, so that there's really, really great flow, just one continuous thought from beginning to end. That's emphasized in a lot of different beautiful ways, uh, verbally, musically, visually. Yeah, um, just an important part of those Monday morning meetings was the coffee that you always coffee. have. Coffee, <laughs> yes. That was that mm-hmm. was, uh, was very, very, very helpful. But it, uh, you know, it started out the so the first week that we got together, it was me coming in not knowing anything about anything about even song. And really just wanting to come in and sit down and, and learn more about it. And I, I think we just started tackling the first week saying, what do we, what do we want to do? And I don't know how it was different from previous years or how the service was different, but the, uh, we just, we just started kind of freely. The, the thoughts started flowing pretty, pretty freely. We were mm-hmm. talking through things. What about this? I like this. I don't like that. And have you thought about that? Could you, could we write a dialogue for that? How about this song? And it just, it just kind of took off and just a, a happy, happy collaboration on putting together a pretty cool worship experience. Yeah. This, this is not the way that we did even song uh, before Jeremy got here. And that's not, you know, that it was wrong beforehand. It was just the, the lead pastor would kind of, I guess, write most of the service. And um, I would kind of feedback after the fact on plugging music in. And I think this new formula is working pretty well. Joey, Joey is just musically gifted in ways that, I don't know anybody who's quite as musically gifted as he is. I mean, he can just, he can hear things that the average person and even the above average person can't hear and then put it, you know, put it to music. But, but there's, um, you know, as far as I'm thinking about how to, how this would translate to another congregation, I think Joey and I just see eye to eye worship philosophy wise, uh, music, musical preferences, uh, what we, what our vision for worship is that I think we, we came in, already kind of having the same same philosophy about all these things which which created which created the harmony and i i mean that's i guess i would see that as a really important thing if if anybody well just i mean just in worship planning in general obviously but but what are what are the key principles that you agree on make sure you agree on them and and then give each other creative license creative license to go but but joey you know joey's definitely pushed me pushed me along the way just by being i mean just by being joey of his, his desire to do things really in a really really excellent way, but all but also you're uh, you know like last second hey let's try that oh <laughs> yeah so it does so it doesn't need to <laughs> it doesn't need to be like uh, totally totally planned out but like on the spot thirty seconds before the service hey have you, you know have we thought about that I don't know let's the, give it a shot <laughs> the problem is the problem is we have these planning meetings on Mondays and then I get like three days to like you know design the video for it and and work on the music and as I'm thinking about it I just keep getting like new inspiration you know and then we arrive there on Thursday and it's like oh man what about trying this you know yeah unfortunately Jeremy rolls with that really well but <clears throat> I think I've grown personally just uh, our Monday meetings I think have been just a really great spiritual experience for me because part of our meeting is planning the service inevitably part of it is just talking like about ideas of just 
our philosophy of worship, you know, and we've had such great conversations about that. I've really grown from those. Like, I'll give you an example. I, I feel like I'm like talking real like nebulous here and I want to make this practical for people who are listening, listening. But like one example is we talk about how let's get as many senses involved in worship as possible. Like Jeremy mentioned sensory stuff before, and that that wasn't just him saying that. Like this is something we've talked about in our worship design. Like, okay, we've got we've got um, obviously sound. We've got the sound of the pastor's voice, the sound of the music. That one is fairly easy. But even thinking outside of the box with sound, like what other sound is there? Well, we haven't done this yet, but you know, the sound of the trickling water in the baptismal font. In, in our Tenebrae services, we use the sound of thunder behind the Passion reading. You know, what sound enhances people's spiritual like interface with Scripture and with worship? Sight. Yeah, obviously seeing the pastor, but it's like, you know, what is the pastor wearing? What, what, what does that communicate to people? We started, we're, we're out of robe, we're into sweaters and stuff now in, in this service. You know, just comfortable for people coming in the middle of their work week. We're expressing that people are here. This is this is real life in the middle of their week. Uh, what's another one? Uh, smell. So this has been kind of an interesting one. That we tried. We we've we've tried. We are trying. Have tried. I don't know. Um, incense. Bring an incense back. You know. <clears throat> and my take on this is kind of like Jeremy mentioned coffee. How that's like our Monday morning. Like oh, you just you smell coffee and you're just ready to think deep thoughts and get like academic stuff done. You know, my theory is if you could have a scent like incense or something that you smell, you take in when you enter the worship space, could you have kind of this conditioned response that your soul just kind of opens up, you know, and has an even more deep, again, interface with scripture. You know, those are three examples, but those are like the, that that's really how I've grown these like conversations we have just about theory of worship and stuff. It's just awesome. You know, and another thing with sensory things, um, we light approximately 200 to 250 real candles at the front of our church. Yeah, they, every yeah, the, the ushers love that. They love the that. ushers <laughs> love it every time. Would you try to burn this place down? <laughs> uh, no, we're trying to save on the heating bill, yeah. you know? <laughs> So, um, but, but people have commented that on that too, because it, it gives its work. Yeah. Our ushers have to stand up there and light candles for 20 minutes. They don't really complain in a bad way. No, they're always joking. But the, the impression that gives is that people walk in there and they know immediately that you care about what is going to happen. You know, you're, you're trying to do things the best you can and you're trying to enhance like their spiritual experience and people really appreciate that. So that's something to consider too, you know, with how you, how you plan worship. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what I'm trying to think what, what I could compare it to, but it's, you know, it's like when, when a guy's taking a girl out for a date and you just want a nice, a nice dinner, you know, put it under the fluorescent lights, you know, it's the candle, it's the candlelight dinner. Yeah. And it indicates there, there's a special mood, a special setting. Yeah. And, and as we're gathering to hear about God's, God's love for us, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, the setting in which you share that message and it can, the message is beautiful no matter what setting it's in, obviously, but, but if you can engage the senses in a way that makes it more memorable, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the right word is. Yeah, you know, I, again, on the sensory thing, I, I think a uh, favor is actually doing a talk at the Hearts and Hands workshop on lighting in 
worship this coming year, this coming season. And then I'm looking forward to listening to that. But with, with the vision uh, thing, the candles, we've got lights kind of going up the wall. So the main church lights are off and we've got just these floor disc lights that cost like 200 bucks a piece. We've got like eight of those all around between the windows, just shining up the light and ultimately hitting up on the ceiling. I mean, you think about this kind of deeply. We try not to have the lights hitting like any corner or angle um, interface between like wall corners or wall and ceiling. So you kind of lose a sense of the definition of your surrounding then, right? When you can't really see where the walls meet the ceiling, you know what I mean? Yeah. You lose kind of your frame of reference and then your space just opens up and that's this kind of a understanding or awareness of the expansiveness of God and his grace, like all around you, you know, I think that is enhancing too, but it's just really fun to think these thoughts about like, man, how does, how does, how does all this sense, what can we do to work with senses and in, in worship? You know? Yeah. Our, our setting is also helpful as well. We have the sanctuary has massive windows facing, you know, facing outside in two directions and that were high up on a hill and really in the middle of the country. Yeah. Not in the middle of a big city where, where there's like traffic zooming by and big skyscrapers and a lot of other things that, that could distract. It's, you know, that, that really, that really contributes to, to the peaceful setting. Yeah. 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 That sounds awesome. I definitely want to come by next year maybe and check out one of those services. Be awesome to have you, you know, but here, here's our thing with, with even song, you know, and this is another thing we've talked about in our Monday meetings. It's like, I, I'm aware of other people doing outside the box worship things and doing them really well in their environment. And um, for better or worse, the way I, when I hear about this stuff roundabout or secondhand, you know, most of the time it's great. Some of the times it's, it's not. And it's like people have love it or hate it relationships many times with, with worship innovation, you know, and it just depends on who you are and, and what your thing is. But I, our goal with Evensong that we talk about is how can we find something that's just common ground for every Christian, you know, that everybody can, can experience well within, you know, and maybe that's a pipe dream. I don't know. But I think, but I think this, this comes close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten, we've gotten constructive criticism along the way, which we've asked for from the congregation and, you know, and, and there, there have been, there's been some, some good constructive criticism along the way that's helping, that's helped us as we've, as we've gone from week to week. But, yeah. but for the most part, it's, I mean, really overwhelmingly yeah. loved by a wide variety of members from very young to a yeah. quite, quite elderly and, you know, men and women and, and children and the number of people who, um, boy, they were sad when it was over, when it was done, like, like, at the gym like, in the locker room, I got people sad. at the Y coming up to me mm-hmm. saying about how much they miss our church service. That's just amazing. That just blows my mind, kind of, you know. Yeah. And some of the people who feedback the most positive on, like, the the tech aspects of it are, like, the 80-year-olds in our mm-hmm. congregation. Like, here's another example of the visual thing. Uh, one, of my, one of my themes with worship is kind of branding. Like, how do you how do you in a way kind of brand your worship experience to be something special, you know? So our slideshows are literally just one background through the whole thing. There is no like alternating pictures again. And I think that 
I think that communicates a simplicity in your worship, a unity of focus, a homogeneity from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So you're not like taking pictures from different picture banks and you have like a different kind of look on this photograph from this photograph. You know, it's just this video blue background of slowly moving like what was it called? Bokeh kind of B-E-K or B-O-K-E-H. These little slowly moving, like kind of like white discs, kind of out of focus. That's playing through the whole thing on Pro Presenter. Again, 80-year-olds, like I've never had people comment on our on my slideshows as much as people just appreciate that simplicity. And um, yeah. Well, as you're talking, I was, you know, I was thinking the other ways that we try to enhance the worship, the worship setting, you know, the, the lighting and the smell, you know, just all the, all the visuals, even, even using the screens, none of them are done in a way that, that dominates, you know, that overshadows the message. It's all done in a way that comp- it, it's, it provides the setting, but nobody's, nobody's saying, wow, that's a, that screen is like, yeah. you know, or what they have on the screen is just really, really distracting. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not distracting it done in ways that just help everybody focus a little bit more intently on, on the message from beginning to end. And because it's, it's a consistent message from beginning to end, whatever, you know, whatever the theme is, it's just, yeah. the goal is to eliminate distractions, not to, not to create more distractions. And is it, isn't it interesting that on that, what you just said, that sometimes like these things that seem so simple, like going back towards simplicity, which almost seems like a turnoff just because it's so simple, like really like one background through an entire worship service. Like if, if you just said that, you'd be like, oh, that's not going to work real good. That's just going to be boring. You're going to lose people's attention. But you do it. And if you do this stuff like intentionally, you're 100% like this is what I intend to do. It works. It works. You do it. You do it with a reason and you do it intentionally. And you always ask yourself, how, does, is this enhancing like people's interface with, is it enhancing people's relationship with God and with the words that are being spoken? Yeah. I guess if I could just say one, one thing to cap off everything I just sure. said is, is another theory that we've talked about in our Monday meetings is that if other churches, well, first of all, we recognize that what is what is right and what is working at Emmanuel is not just straight up applicable to every group of Christians everywhere. Yeah. You know, that is also why we are not trying to just recreate what they're doing at Hillsong out in L.A. or over in Australia. You know, we use some of their music, but we do it in a way that we know we can do it with high quality, you know, and uh, we're we're cognizant of that too and what we're doing so we never like have this thought that the way we're doing it is right you know for for everybody or whatever so i would just encourage people who are listening to if you're thinking about doing something alternate my idea or or you know just taking some original steps with your worship look at your people and ask yourself what do they what does this group of people want in worship? What's going to enhance their experience of their worship, you know? And then make yourself a servant to that. It's not just about recreating rock bands and guys with guitars and and so on and a lead singer with spotlights on them, you know? It it's about getting your people closer to God and that can look like a lot of different things. So that's one like being a servant to your people with this. The other one is Whatever you do decide on doing, keep it within the confines of what you can do with high quality, mm-hmm. you know, 
because you again you could try and recreate a Hillsong song, but you know if if your people can barely play guitar and your you know piano player is so so, then maybe that's not where you should focus. Like maybe music isn't even the, the like the linchpin of your um, you know sensory experience. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your just lighting and praying. You know, just look at what you have ability to do well and exploit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we used. Just with the, you know, with the songs we used, we, we talked at different times about uh, maybe maybe years down the road, we're writing, you know, we're writing our own stuff, mm-hmm. writing our own songs. We we collaborated on a song earlier in the year, which was just a highlight of life for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't I don't know, but it's it's the kind of things that I don't think we had time to do that this year, just going week to week. But but with some forethought, having having had the experience this year, seeing what works and having some time before next January, February to, to figure it out. Maybe that's, maybe that's something that takes place too. But yeah. like you said, what, what works for you, what you're able to do in your setting that's meaningful for your flock and then just see where the Lord leads it. Well, Jeremy and Joy, thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Your insight has been super helpful. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having us. We're, we're glad for the opportunity to talk ministry and it's been fun. Now, there may be those listening who want to know more about Evensong or about uh, maybe wanting to get into contact with you. Is there any way you can point them where they can find out more information? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Evensong has a Facebook page that I update during the season. I think it's just Evensong at Emmanuel. Uh, You can look at that Facebook. And um, if you want to send us messages through there, I mean, I'd be happy to give my personal insight on things. Not that it's going to be right, but... So you check us out there. Emmanuel Lutheran Church has a website, imluth.org, um, um, and a Facebook page. So, yeah, uh, you know, a media presence is kind of uh, one of the things we're going to be developing, I think, more in future years, too. Mm-hmm. So you can email us directly, too. Cool. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thanks so much. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to have those guys back on again and talk a little bit more deeply about the things they are doing and maybe steal some more ideas from them. I'm also very excited about that prospect of having them on again. And if you liked that and have other people you'd like us to talk to on the podcast, please reach out to us on social media at Wells Creatives or at our email at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. Also, thank you for those of you who have shown your support to us on patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. Your support helps us keep this podcast going and helps us produce some bonus content. So we're thankful for all your support. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>